Welcome to Dana White's Contender Series, the toughest interview in all of sports. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's the MMA Road Show, episode number 390. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. But you hear the Contender Series last night? They, they had that, they had that Road Show music they, on they, it, man. They knew what was up? They knew who was in the house. They, it's so funny because as soon as you hear it, I was just like, I remember I, I just looked at the screen. I was like, Are you serious? <laughs> Because I, I think I remember once I heard the NFL do it as well. Right. Um, and it's always just a trip, you know. I mean, something that we've been listening to for so many years. It's just ingrained. Anytime I hear it, it's just like, uh, you know, what is that? It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so who was it? Somebody, somebody had a great line on, on, on Twitter that they were, like, trying to turn off Spotify yeah. real quick. Like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, oh wait. Never mind. That's what I did like about that, I was like, cool. I knew there were some people that listened on Spotify, but I wasn't quite sure who. But Absolutely. one. It is not Dana White's Contender Series. It's the MMA Roadshow, but the Dana White's Contender Series, folks, they, they, they know, know quality. Up. They know quality when they see it. Uh, we are back, of course, after a crazy USC 279 week. It was kind of weird, man, being uh, disconnected, you know what I mean, catching everything after the fact and uh of course we talked about it last week but i knew i was going to skip out and and check out the uh, uh imagine dragons concert with my wife and kid obviously that was plans that we'd had together for like six months and i i just you know once usc 279 got announced i my initial thought was i gotta cancel i gotta go cover the show and then i thought no no you know this is a promise i made to my kid i gotta keep that you know keep these plans it's not cool for him to, to have his dad cancel something that we're supposed to do together just because of work. You know what I mean? It's, so so I did that. But I'm going to be honest with you, man. Once everything started going crazy and all the madness started happening, all the chaos of USC 279 started shaking out, I did get a little bit of that, like, oh, no, like, nah, I, I, I need to be there now. Like, I would kind of convinced myself, like, okay, you know, well, we, you know, we kind of know how some of these fights are going to go. And, you know, I've already made this promise. And, you know, I, it's fine. And then the chaos ensued, and I did have this feeling of like, <laughs> damn, I, I need to be there a little bit. So uh, fortunately, I was able to survive through it and, uh, and yeah. make it and unplug, uh, kept my phone in my pocket, didn't check Whoa. Twitter, uh, stayed That's away tough. from social media. Yeah, so that when I got a chance to sit down and watch the fights, um, it was all fresh. I did watch the prelims until I had to go. I think the last fight I saw was the Chris Barnett fight, which obviously was just oh, man. insane, man. And then and then left at that point to go uh, to Allegiant Stadium and then uh, kept the phone out the rest of the night so I can get home and watch everything. Um, well, you had good restraint uh, being able to not do that sort of thing. And you stayed present in the moment to be there at the, with the show. That was the key. That was stuff. the key. It wasn't that I was trying to – I mean, it was that I was trying to avoid spoilers because <laughs> I wanted to, like, enjoy it as a fan when I sat down yeah. and watched it. But, yes, it was more so that not that I wanted to avoid spoilers – but that I wanted to be present in the moment with my yeah. kid and, you know, going and buying him stuff and, just, you know, singing the songs dumb and whatever and, and doing all that. So What about – would you think – so if, if Barnett was that – if that was the last fight you saw, what did you think about that? Like his – with his whole face being like that whole weird like – they – they just said – I forget how what Dana said at the post-fight. Like uh, he's nasal all fracture, good or I think nasal fracture. But I was like – Nasal fracture surely couldn't have caused that, like, it looked lip weird droop or something. It looked weird to me. It was the most bizarre thing. I remember as soon as it first happened, I was like, he wasn't like that when he went in there, no. right? We're like, we're in the back. Like, what is going on with his lip? And then finally the, the commentary team caught on to it. 
And then it was just like we were worried at that yeah. point. You know, it was something more serious going on. Because it didn't seem like on. jaw break to me. I, heard, I, heard, I saw a lot of yeah. people that were saying like like some nerve damage or some something like that. And I thought the same thing. It was yeah. just weird the way – a, it was kind of hanging on that side, and then it would kind of shift over a little bit. Yeah. So I didn't think broken jaw. I, I did think something like that that was like – I saw some people say, like, stroke. I was like, no, stroke doesn't make sense because, like, he wouldn't be able to keep fighting and moving and stuff. But yeah, like you would have figured it would have affected more than just yeah. part of his face or something. But, you know, we have seen people that had, like, the, the Bell's palsy and all that kind of stuff where it does sort of target the face, but it's not really like a stroke. But it is a temporary sort of impairment or whatever. But, but that's yeah. honestly the thing that – that's honestly the thing that – that came that up to me thought, the most. It, it was, was because so obviously our experience with that. Like I, I, that's what I thought to be honest. Yeah, with you. but man, that'd be a crazy one though to leave because it's like it was just like so heavy at the time mm-hmm. that it was like to try to shift from that and go into like concert mode. That, oh, that it was it, a little it, weird. It, it yeah. sticks in your brain because you're just like, what was what the hell was that? Yeah. You know, it was so sort of strange. I know we were thinking about it, and I kept asking about him in the back when we were the fights were still going on. It was just like I kept uh, asking Chris Costello like. Do we have a, an update? Like, there was was there something more serious? Because I mean, anytime you see something like that, they have to really take a look at it. That's not something you just you just brush off and say, "Oh, well, that was kind of weird," yeah. you know, because that was beyond just being weird. But uh, I'm glad that we haven't heard anything, you know, you know, extra going on or something. Yeah, so. and I'm and I'm glad too because obviously he did miss weight, of course. But I'm glad that yeah. Dana kind of mentioned like, "Hey." We're going to cut him off a little something because that was just an unbelievable – I mean, an unbelievable, unbelievable. comeback. And I mentioned, I mentioned it too. I'll, I'll shout out too. I mentioned it on the and a half episode uh, over for the folks at patreon.com slash the MA Road. So appreciate all the patience this week because I didn't do it until Sunday. Normally I like to get to it right after Saturday. But um, I did think, by the way, that – you know, and I've been a fan of Mark Smith for a long time, you know, seeing his work all the way back to the Tough Enough days. But I thought Mark did a great job of refereeing that fight because in the first round, of course, when Jay Collier was nearly finishing the yep. fight, Mark was right on top of it. And he would say, I need you to move. And Chris would move. He moved. I need yep. you to move. And he would move. I need yep. you to move. And, and he did it every time. And then, you know, the roles are reversed going into round number two. So Mark gave him every opportunity to earn that comeback, you know. Yep. And, then when he, and then when he does the comeback, same thing. Jake, I need you to move. And he would move. I yep. need you to move. He would move. And then he said, I need you to move. And he was stuck, and yeah. he didn't move, and he called it off right there. He was right in a there. bad spot at that point right there. But I just thought it was a, a great job from Mark Smith as well. So, uh, yeah, that was a phenomenal fight. And that's like I came home and watched the rest of it. It was – I'll tell you, it's the weirdest sensation, bro. Like, watching the pay-per-view, uh, I still had like a weird feeling like I'm supposed to be – like, even though I'm watching it yeah. like hours later, you know what yeah. I mean? It's, I'm not watching a live event, but I'm watching it at home, and I'm like – I'm supposed to be sitting right there. I'm supposed to. Oh, I, yeah. I'm supposed to be shooting this little video as they walk by pressure. So, you know what I mean? Like it just—it was the weirdest thing to try to detach. I think it would have been easier. Like for instance, I'm not going to go uh, to Abu Dhabi. That's easier because I'm like I'm not going to Abu Dhabi. But yeah. T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, like right there in my backyard, it was a uh, it was such a bizarre sensation. Starting a trend, man. You missed Dallas. Hey, uh, hey, 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 hey. Dallas missed, was not my fault. Vegas. Dallas I was mean, not my fault, fellas. Come, what's going on? on? End of Manera. End of Manera. Just put the knife right in the back, bro. <laughs> Dallas, I tried to the be there, man. Somebody I, asked about that the other day. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Carlos. Uh, or something, because when uh, contenders yesterday, it might even been just like yesterday, we were sitting out front, and I remember he's like, where's John? I was like, oh, he's working the back, and he was like, I, maybe he brought up, he's like, I didn't see him at the thing, I was like, oh yeah, he was at a concert, 
And he's like, uh, I don't think he was in Dallas or something happened in <laughs> Dallas. He was supposed to be sitting next to me. And I was like, well, that kind of wasn't his fault. I was like, you know, he went to go do his thing and then got stuck, you know. But it's funny because that it was funny. it was Tuesday because he was like, he's supposed to be right because I was you, in your seat, Damn which you, is Carlos. next to him. Right. And so for him to say that, oh, yeah, I didn't see him next to me on fight night. He's like, I don't know what happened. It's kind of funny for <laughs> Contender Series. I have started to sit in the back a little bit more. Number one, because I, I could just keep working back there and not feel guilty yeah. like if I'm doing like I feel weird sitting cage side um, and working on anything else other than what's happening right in front of me it just feels like yeah. you shouldn't be doing that but number two I will say with the contender series I think because I'm not as familiar with everybody's body of work as I am with everybody like I mean I know they play the video packages out there but I like to hear the commentary during the walk-ins yeah. it kind of get so it's kind of funny during the contender series I kind of actually like being in the back more to be honest with well, you. you know honestly I tell people the same thing for fight night Really? You know, because, I mean, like, I, I know we've talked about it before when it comes to play-by-play, -play, the proper place to be in, like, a play-by-play. -play. While the commentary can influence you or whatever, but you are getting some of that backstory. I say yeah. people that have the ability to watch it on screen are in a better position than being next to the cage. You are. You know, because you get to see everything, and you see all the angles. You I are. mean, like, you get blocked a lot of times by the cage, but I get it, you know. It's hard to tell people. I'm telling you, you're going to have a better angle if you watch it on the broadcast. But they're like, no, I got to be cage side. I got to be cage side. Of course. You know? But, yeah, but it's kind of funny. But, yeah, it's just like what you're saying. Like, you know, it's so funny because even when I go out there, now it's so rare when I sit out there, I kind of make myself. I'm like, look at, this, look at the, the, the ring. Don't look at the screen because I always look at the screen. But that's what I'm so used to the show. The, the the angles and the stuff that you get from the the octagon like a broadcast is so fantastic yeah. that you expect that sort of same level when you're in the arena and you're never going to get the same level of mm -hmm. the angles and being able to see stuff. Um, but you know, I've come to I like sitting in the back. You know, I mean, I like going out to the the arena or whatever to get the feel of it. Then I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to my seat where I get a better view of it. Well, you I know? think <laughs> even like even as a fan, you know, like hey, should I watch at home? Should I go to the arena or whatever? I mean, I doubt there's many people that weigh it that way, especially yeah. if it's traveling around to your town. Like if it, yeah, if it's in your town, you want to go because that's and, your and one chance to go. And if you've never experienced, you have to you yeah. have to experience it at least once. The it's live show is amazing, but that's yeah. I think when you're in the arena, you know, you're not getting as you said. I mean, dude, I know like people that go watch it in the arena and then go watch the replay at home so they can rewatch it to uh, get a better good. angle. But yeah. you're getting the feel of the venue. You're getting yeah. the, you know, again. You're Smell of the urinals. <laughs> the, 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 the cost of the food. The waft of the marijuana <laughs> the in the air. The uh, there, was, there was plenty of that at 279. I, I don't even have to be in the building at T-Mobile. I can smell it all the way from Allegiant, <laughs> bro. You know, I, can, I was like, oh. I bet there were some over in Allegiant, though. Diaz must be walking in right now. Oh, <laughs> no, there was a little bit of Allegiant as well. Um. But, yeah, and, and there's something to be said for, like I said, turning around and high-fiving some people or just looking at people next to you that you know are hardcore fans. You know, yeah. They're like, oh, my God. So, anyway, uh, crazy. So, listen, normally when we when we do these, uh, you know, we get we try to get more detailed on, you know, the breakdown of every single fight and that sort of thing on the and-a-half episodes, you know, after every event. By this time, we're already kind of looking ahead. But I, you, you can't get through this past weekend – Especially considering that we got a chance to talk to USC President Dana White last night, which I, we only have, what, two more Contender Series left. Yeah. Um, I, I will say I miss that. I love getting that little Dana access on Tuesday night just to get the latest update, just to get a little bit more, keep the stories going. But I want to I get your take on this because Nate Diaz, you know, we talked about it last week. Glowing 
reviews from Dana White. Clear that he wasn't trying to trash the guy on his way out, right? Continued that all the way through fight night. It was yeah. clear that, hey, man, we're leaving – you know, we're leaving the door open. And then Nate even, and we had been telling everybody, right? I think I, we were one of the only people that were saying, look, don't say necessarily this is his farewell fight. Right. Like, he might come fight in the UFC again. And then Dana on fight night was like, you know, I, I see myself fighting there again. Or, I mean, he said it in a little weird way. He's like, I don't not see myself there again yeah. or something. But, like, he wasn't shutting the door. But, it would just be on his terms. That's it. So, Nate kind of left the door open. but So, we got a chance to talk to Dana last night out of the contender series. And I want to get your take on this because – you know, obviously I wasn't there on fight night. Last night I asked Dana, hey, listen, what do you do from here? Like, do you reach out to Nate? Do you do you, do you stay in communication with him? Like, hey, what, you know, what do you think? And he's like, ah, we already kind of talked about it. Like, I know what he's planning on doing. I know what's going on. And I was like, well, yeah, but, I mean, do you – when you're having your Tuesday matchmaker meetings, you know, do you think, oh, this would be a fun one for Nate? Let's call him and see what he's up to. And at that point, Nate – or Dana – and again, it wasn't negative, but at that point he did go, well, the guy's 38. You know, he right. he, he had some great times here. It, th- it seemed like when I asked him on Tuesday at that point, he was like, now we're moving on. Now, he didn't shut the door entirely. Right. So I kind of wanted to get what you are thinking out of that. Like, do you think the UFC is shutting the door or are they just saying like, well, I'm not really going to talk about it for now? Because I don't think they're shutting the door. What I think it is is – they're not going to go solicit him for stuff. I think what they're going to say is if he's if he's comes back and is willing to do what obviously the the major fights that are out there for him. I don't think that they would say no, but I just don't think that they're going to be going out of their way because also on the flip side, they're probably thinking, well, if we go to Nate, Nate's going to think that hey, we're desperate for him and now he's, he's going to ratchet up. But if he comes to them. Then they then they're like, all right. When I'm, remember, you came to us. You came asking us for a fight. Um, I don't think the door is closed. I just don't think that they're going to go out of their way to look for him and try to make any particular matchups, unless it's say like if Connor comes to them and says, "I want that. I want that that next one. I want the trilogy." Or the whatever. trilogy fight's the only fight, right? It's the only fight. That, see, not, see, that's. I what mean, if Masvidal came and was like, "I'd love to put the BMF belt back, back on up, the line, back on the line, or something," and to the, if that was enough to bring him back, or if they just needed a a co-main event on on, on a fight that where maybe there is maybe a a main event title fight that they're just like, uh, maybe we need a little something extra. I just don't see them actively trying to go out of their way to, um, you know, find something for him. I think. Is Nate this Poirier is, big enough to chase after at some point? Um, I mean, if if Poirier, I mean, if Poy, I would say if Poirier is pushing, pushing hard for it. Yeah. You know, because um, I think he's just got, he's got other fights or whatever. But I mean, if say if Poirier gets the belt, you know, and then he's like, and then they We've been let talking him about start this for a long and time, and then, then he starts picking fights that he thinks could win. Then I could see him asking for it. But outside of that, I he's got to be a champ to make that happen. He's got to be a champ to make that happen. So here's here's what I'm thinking. So I, I, I and we touched on this as well. But the more I, the more I think about it, the more I think about does this Anderson Silva Jake Paul thing mat does that factor into what happens next? Because I think because look, if you're Nate Diaz, if for if for some reason Jake Paul can beat Anderson Silva. And I'm, I'm definitely not saying he can't, but let's say he gets that done. If Nate would want to go do a one-off with Jake Paul, that would be a huge moneymaker, especially yep. if Jake beats Anderson. Now you got a huge moneymaker, no question about it. Yep. And then maybe at that point the UFC turns back to Nate and says, how about this Connor trilogy? Connor's ready to go. Let's do that. To me, I think maybe that's the only thing they're leaving. Like, we're not totally saying no, 
But we got to see how everything plays out. And if it plays out right, we'll come back and do this Connor trilogy. That's 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 but, what I'm but, thinking. But I still think that Connor would need to be the driving force. If they, if they have to go and pitch the fight to both of them, I don't see them wanting to do the legwork for right. it because they feel like it's going to be so hard to convince both of them. And I could see both those guys like, ha ha, they're coming back for this one. Right. We're gonna we're gonna fleece them for everything we can. But if Connor was like, you know, hey, I want a fight that I think's maybe gonna be a little bit easier and just get me something back, and I don't want to jump back in the crazy, you know, deeper water. Um, I just don't think that they'll do it unless one party already approaches them about it. I think it's just too much legwork for them. I think they probably have tried to do it over and over and over and, and never came to fruition. I don't know why it would do it now right? unless one of the cats was just desperate for a fight or something. And I think, again, that's going to be them coming to the UFC saying, I'm ready now. So a lot, a lot of people, I think, have rightfully asked, what if Conor can get his two fights done, leave the UFC, and again, uh, you know – he still has to get two fights done. We don't even know when the first one's going to yeah. be done. But let's see he gets two fights done. He leaves the UFC. That Connor and Nate could do that fight on their own outside of the UFC. Co-promotion between Connor's organization and, and real Nate's, fight and Nate's right? new real one. And, and, and they I like how Dana Trader was like, I think he's starting a promotion. I was like, bro, you <laughs> talked about it last <laughs> week. We funny, talked right? about it. I believe, you. I believe maybe I'm he li- wants I mean, to get in the promotion I know game. he had a hat up there on post-fight presser <laughs> night, but uh, I don't know. You know, uh, these kids these days. Who knows what he was going a great point and I'll tell you another one I want to get to about a great point about about Dana and his mannerism sometimes and but again he's doing his job but I do wonder this okay so let's say they got to that point do you think there's any chance and let's say they did get to that point that Connor having been involved in the Mayweather fight and seeing how much the UFC real that machine does help you a lot in terms of opening doors in terms of handling logistics in terms of getting things done you know I, I mean do you think that maybe I mean like not that like Con, kind of like Nate was having who was it that asked him like if they had had emails or whatever and Nate was like have you ever tried to set up a fight with somebody via email yeah. or whatever I thought that was <laughs> hilarious but so Nate I don't know. was so hilarious I just wish oh. they would have all these years just gave him weed just, just up let there him. <laughs> because he was so fucking he's so funny. relaxed and he was chill, so right? funny I was like dude where's this Nate been but obviously he was in a contract just want to fight you yep. know like. That was happy Nate, you he know. But I was just like, man, weeded up Nate is a funny Nate. He was hilarious. And like you said, I'm sure the weight of the world was off his yeah. shoulders at that point. But the weed helped too. Yeah. But I wonder, do you think there's any chance that like Connor's team and Nate's team, not necessarily Connor and Nate themselves, would get together and be like, look, we can probably make a lot of money outside of this. However, having the UFC with us wouldn't hurt. So maybe we should go back and get them involved. I mean, I think well, if they did, it would be on, again, more of their terms you know, if you're just needing them for their their team and for their promotional thing, it's a lot different than because uh, then they're a third party vendor, right? As opposed to, hey, you know, we're going to be taking on all this, all this. Trust us, this is what it's costing us. You know, they can maybe shop that around because then there all that go. part, they're just looking for a, somebody to help produce it and promote it. We're just taking a cut. We don't need to actually it get would just you guys back under contract, but right. we're going to help co-promote this thing, and we're going to, even though you guys aren't with us, yeah, even if it's a boxing match. Yeah, we're gonna help you do this. I mean, if the UFC, I mean, they, I mean, obviously they're spread so thin because they have so many events. But I mean, the UFC does it just about as good as anybody. If they had extra bandwidth of their staff, yeah, that would be a, a legit business to do off to the side, you know, which is kind of like what whole WME IMG does. Well, that's what you I was know? gonna say. The doors they go, like again. Uh, all right, hey, we want to get Connor and Nate on a press tour, and we want to yeah. make sure they hit the biggest spots possible. Like, 
You, I mean, I'm sure Connor's team can open some doors. Of course they can. Sure. I'm sure Nate's team can open some doors. Of course right. they can. But if you got UFC and WME behind you that can be like not only open doors, but you're you're guaranteed booked here, you're guaranteed yeah. booked here, you're guaranteed. And to here's do it the right. logistics. Here's how we do it. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's one thing to open up a door; it's another to execute at a very very high level. Mm. You know, like if you're getting in there and just saying you're name dropping, and somebody's like, "Oh shit, yeah, 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 let's talk, let's talk, let's do something." Yeah. Then to have the right people in the right places to actually execute the plan. Yeah. The UFC has that. I mean, I, I just look. I do. I'll be honest with you. I want to see a third fight between them at some For point. Sure. And I do love the fact that because what Nate said where somebody says, well, what, could you guys box? And he's like, that's not a trilogy. I like that idea too. Yeah. I don't care about a boxing match. I'll, I'll be honest. I do not still care sharp about a boxing attack, match. Man. He could have he could have easily yep. just like been like. He's like, that's not a trilogy. That's not a one. I was one. like, damn. Nate was, on, he was so on <laughs> was fire. So I was so amused by him that night. I was just like, man, so I want to miss this. Oh, no. <laughs> I want to see them do it again. But here's here, like – I don't want to see it, and, and I don't mean to just like – I'm not trying to pick on whatever they may be able to do because we don't even know what they're going to be able to do together, right? But, like, I don't want it to come together and then it looks like a Golden Boy promotion or something. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, not to say that it has to be in a USC octagon, but just their level of production makes big events seem like yeah. big events where nobody else quite pulls that off the same way. And so, like, I don't want to see the trilogy between them and then you're like – why is the lighting shit? I mean, and I know some yeah. people are gonna be like, Are do you really care about the lighting, the production? Yeah. yeah. I want a big fight to feel like a big fight. And I just I'm worried if they tried to do it outside the USC with at least some assistance, like it just wouldn't feel yeah. right. Well, I mean, I certainly would feel better about it if it was a golden boy as opposed to letting that be Nate's first production. You know, True. something like that. At least these cats have done it. I mean, we've seen them do events and they have not came off that well right. or, or there's been hiccups. But at least they've they've, you know, done some work they've done some things it might not be up to level of some of the other ones but um even then i would rather they did it with the help of somebody yeah top rank golden boy I somebody like, I like that golden boy mma despite i mean besides the fact that the main event we were all like hide your eyes or whatever it just didn't feel yeah. big you know yeah but i mean if it makes it happen i mean do we really care at the end of the day? No, I mean, I, I kind of just. I guess. See I guess. The fight. That, I guess. I'm like. I'm perfectly. I want it to feel this way. But yeah. I guess. In, in, in fairness, if they were like, "Hey, we'll do the trilogy in your backyard here, cold coffee." Like, cool. Will you shoot it with a handy cam? Like, like, yeah, 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 we'll yeah do I that. got that. <laughs> I All got right, you. Let me let me ask you about Hamza Shimaev as well, because that was another thing we got to ask Dana about on on Tuesday night, which was, "Hey, dust is settled, smoke is cleared. You've had some time to decompress. Was it a good week for Hamza, or was it a bad week for Hamza? You know, Hamza." Plays a big role in getting your press conference canceled. Yeah. Uh, Hamzat misses weight tremendously. Hamzat shows zero remorse whatsoever. Yeah. T- you know, Hamzat got booed out of the building at the ceremonial weigh-ins. Hamzat, I wasn't at the fights, but I heard he got booed there too. Um, you know, it, you know. But then he comes in and get, gets an absolute destruction yeah. of, of Kevin Holland. Um, you know, but then he puts a, on a, a post-fight press. Uh, or the, not the conference, but his, his uh, post-fight interview did not earn him any favors either. You know, like, this is Chechnya. It's like, bro, you got to understand the shit you're saying. Like, So ultimately, was it a good or bad week for him? It was it was a good fight, I guess, week for him because he was able to show up and kind of half-ass the whole fight week, and he still got a victory at the very end, and he still got um, 
a fight, you know, and even though Dana didn't want to admit that anybody got different numbers, maybe he did get some different numbers as well. But he certainly didn't earn any new fans from, you know, we say a lot of times the American fans just like winners. You know, a lot of times they don't care whether you're the the, U, the U.S. guy, you're the Brazilian guy, you're the French guy, you're the whatever. They just want to see a good fight and they tend to like everybody. He didn't do himself any favors because I think if anything, he alienated himself with some of the ways that he yep. was approaching it. So... Was it the best week that he could have had? No, because I think if he would have went in there and played by the rules, went out there and either smashed Diaz and did all, which he would have done. I mean, if, if anybody thinks that that would have been any different than what he was able to do to Holland, I mean, you're just fooling yourselves. Um, but he could have possibly helped break a little bit further in the superstar because people would have just been like, wow, that was the biggest name that he's, he's taken out right. and he did everything right. I just feel like he didn't knock it out of the park like he could have because he alienated some people. It was it was just weird. He lashed out like it was everybody else's yeah. fault why he was having a bad week and and screw you for thinking anything different of yeah, me. Yeah, because you know? I, I feel like that guy had really started to get some some fandom behind him. It was yeah. like, bro, this is the machine. Like, you ain't stopping this guy. Yeah. And I feel like if he – even missing weight, I feel like if he had come out there and just shown a little remorse and, been, you know, and let his team explain – you know, I understand he doesn't have the English enough to explain everything that was wrong, you know what I mean, and let his team handle that. Let the let the UFC machine handle that. But just don't come out on the scale and laugh and flip everybody off. And, yeah. you know, like you said, the post fight, I just don't think he did himself any service. And that's what I wonder moving forward. Like, And I'm not talking about Hamza as a fighter. I've said since he came in, I'm like – if you guys think this guy's hype, you're wrong. This yeah. dude is substance. I mean, if anybody was unsure and see what he did against Kevin Holland, I mean, it's ridiculous. Regardless of what you think about his post-fight speech and whether you thought, like, man, that was kind of a shitty right. post-fight you know, speech, you can't take anything away from that performance. You, you can't. But here's what I wonder is, 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 A, I do wonder how fans are going to treat him in his next outing. Is he going to be booed again or is he going to be cheered again? But what I wonder is that, like, because I think he was starting to get to that point now where the fans were going to be like, let's say, you know, he had just shown remorse and he had said, I apologize, it'll never happen again. And he puts on that same performance. Like, I wonder if he was getting to that point where people were going to be like fans, were like, Dana, you can't deny this man anymore. Give the man his title shot. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Where he was going to have like the whole swell of support behind him of like, you can't deny it. And now I think if the, you know, now I think people are like, fuck that guy. You know what I mean? A like, I don't want to, you know, and, and I don't mean that, I'm not trying to. I mean, to what's the one thing that people boo at like, the weigh-ins or the ceremonial weigh-ins. Yeah. It's when people missing weight. missing weight. And when you miss weight and don't show any care about it whatsoever. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, it doesn't give any, you know, when somebody's saying, can we put this guy into a title fight and trust that he's going to do what he needs to do to make the weight? He was so just nonchalant, like almost like, ah, I don't care. I know it was the main event. And he just like, he was so just like, eh. Yeah. I mean, if you ruin a main card, you know, a lot of people paid a lot of money. If that Nate Diaz fight fell off, and they weren't able to get Nate fighting, people would be absolutely irate at him. He would have lost a lot more fans because people yep. would put that whole, Ooh. you know, they would lump everything that they wanted. They wanted to see Nate, but they would lump all that guilt on him. Yep. And that's the kind of thing where I could see where he's like, yeah, I don't care. You know, it's about my 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 people. My people are still going to support me. If you don't support me, then screw you. I get it. That's what he said in the post fight. But if you're trying to break into a market where the, it's going to be the dollars that the UFC is trying to pair these big matchups, you could be the greatest fighter in the world. But if nobody wants to watch you, nobody's going to watch you. We've seen the UFC. We how many times have we said like it's not just about the ratings. That's it. It's about the entertainment and That's... about the fights that people want to make. You have to pair the two together, or they're just gonna be like, well, is this guy worth the trouble? Yep. 
that's, you know, that's if he breaks up another main was. event, I could see where the UFC is like, we love the guy. He's talented. It's all get out. He could be a potential champ, but he can't do the, the necessary thing. And listen, man, I'm I'm a Hamza supporter. Like, I think this dude's a, a beast. I hope it was I, just I, a one-off. It was just a one-off weird, 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 crazy shit. Hopefully he brings it back the next time around because yeah. I, don't, I don't think this will do him any good. We even said after the weigh-ins, uh, that, that presser, when all that shit happened backstage – uh, I remember I was talking with some of the guys. I was like, "This is going to affect the weight cut." That was not normal. But when they didn't, when they said at the very end, they made it seem like there were other issues going on. Like this right. was a harder cut outside of that. But I thought even just that moment right there was enough to almost throw a monkey wrench into anybody trying to lose weight at that point. You know, if you're if you're pissed off, you're whatever. Last thing you want to do is maybe you know just go strain yourself even harder. I know I would want to either go drink or go eat something comfortable yep. just to get it off my mind, you know. And from what we heard, he did go out and eat after that, right. you know, and did some other crazy shit. But um, I just hope that that was just a it was just a fluke thing. I mean, the kids got everything, uh, all the potential to be a champ. I, I just hope it was a, a fluke, and we're not going to see this weird. Um, heel mode that it felt like that he went into because I mean he could be a superstar here you know he's got all the talent but if you got a personality that nobody wants to pay attention or they're just like wanting to like harm you after that some of the shit was very uh divisive at the very end some of the stuff he was saying i was like bro he's so good he doesn't need that yeah he's so good he doesn't yeah. need that bro he needs to there's be a like, lot of crazy fucking hill jacks in the in, in america don't go out there and start saying <laughs> this is chechnya in the middle of some fucking random so city somewhere because so that's true. not going to be good all right so here's the other so you touched on it man i thought it was so interesting that you brought up at the post fight press conference hey who benefited the most, right? And I thought Dana he could have like, a lot of fun with that. I was hoping that he would have fun and uh, sort of like play with it. All right. But he just was not in a mood. So he said like, well, they all have deals. So there's two options here, and I want to know which one you think is more likely. Here's me from the outside looking in, knowing the company, knowing the relationships the way I do, knowing Dana the way I do. There's two options. One, he just didn't want to publicly admit that people got paid because he doesn't want to be uh, – doesn't want to set up a he doesn't uh, be precedent. Held. That's right. He doesn't want to be held in that, even though – you know, it's, it, look, it's clearly what happened. All right. Yeah. So, look, people got more money. That's all there is to it. All right. Yeah. People I mean, got some of the money. fighters admitted it after some the fact. Some of the fighters <laughs> admitted it, right? I did an interview with Julian Arosa, uh, which, by the way, check that out on the Underground YouTube channel. Uh, he, I love talking to Julian Arosa. And he was talking about how, like, he was in the back with Kevin Holland talking about how much he got paid and everything. And he was talking about, you know, the guys were still signing contracts, like, at, in, at the ceremonial weigh ins, they were still signing deals and stuff. Like, people got paid. Oh, yeah. So, there's two options. Nate, so much he lost count. Right. You know, know what I mean? He was like, what? <laughs> Nate was, you're so right. Nate was so funny. He's like, I told him I wanted more than any other champion. They're like, we already pay you more than that. He's like, well, then pay me more than that. <laughs> I'm just so fucking hilarious. Um, but so I, I see two options. One, Dana is protecting the business and just saying, yeah. like, look, I, I don't want to set this precedent, as you said, that when we get in situations like this, guys know they can hold us over the coals, even though it's pretty obvious they can't. Like, yeah. it, we said it that morning. They were in a shitty position. Who has was the, all was the, the leverage? only way they were going to make it happen. The fighters had the leverage that morning. Yeah. That's it. The other thing is, I just wonder if it's just the fact that we know at this point, Dana is definitely the captain sailing the ship, right? But Hunter Campbell's the one back there, like, getting all the stuff done, man. Like, he's the one that's, like, really getting the contracts done and all that. He, he's the one that has to go. Dana's like, here's the idea. Here's what I think we do. Here's how we think, you know, we'll make it work. Make if, it happen. If I, go make it happen. 
and then Hunter goes and makes it happen. Yeah. Because same I with just, Ferguson. You see the story or something I saw. I saw Brad Okamoto had a story today where he was like, gave him the Hunter let him go with the Bentley, like Bentley go. or whatever. Yeah, like. I don't care. Give a shit about the car. Like, just come you, back. You know, Hunter definitely didn't call Dana and be like, well, dude, so what I did was I let him sit in the Bentley for a while and drive yeah. the Bentley. Hell, I let him take the Bentley. He but that shows the that's the dude that was doing the discussing. Right. That's so the I wonder guy that, that was So I wonder happen. if it was Dana making a conscious decision of like, I don't like I don't want people to know, or if it's just a matter of fact, like, he just didn't know because he told Hunter to go get it done, and Hunter got it done, and that even. But if I think if that was that, he would have then he would have played along with the game that I was trying to team up with him. Where it was just like have fun with it, and you know he could have just been like, "Trust me, you know we had to do it." Everybody, everybody, yeah. you know whatever. But he was like, "Oh, they all they all had their deals," which struck me that he was like. He was like, I just don't want to talk money because people are going to do the same sort of deal True or too. whatever. But, oh, no, I was thinking, I was like, wow, Dana got kind of pissy. I was like, oh, well, well that was the only one yeah. thing I wanted to get. Thought that was going to be fun, but it wasn't but fun. But it wasn't. And then he, then he was like, you're done with me? I'm done. And I was like, oh. Yeah, so I, think, I think by the end of that, he was just exhausted. I bet, I bet they didn't sleep very much like for those 48 hours or whatever. Yeah. So. But it's so funny for him to think that anybody would be like, oh, yeah, Kevin Holland was like, yeah, I, I was going to fight D-Rod, and all of a sudden I'm fighting – Hamzat? You know, Hamzat, yeah, sure. I'll same take the deal? same money. Yeah. Same money. Yeah. <laughs> you cool. know me. I'm a fighter. <laughs> Fighters fight, baby. Let's go. <laughs> like, no, good baby. one, Dan. That's a good one, though. I'm going to let you get by with that. I'm not going to push it. I'm All not going right, to push buddy. it. So maybe, so maybe it was option three. He was just tired, annoyed, didn't feel like talking to anybody. Yeah, I mean, I think on a on a good night, I think Dana could have had a lot of fun and, and still said it in a way where he didn't want to, you know, give the idea of, like, you know, Fighters don't get the idea that you're going to be able to kind of hold us over the coals, like you said. But anybody that to, to move three fights around and create three new contracts and think that they're not going to somewhat change, like we expect it, it's fine. Yeah. You know, like if you don't want to give numbers, that's why I wasn't trying to ask numbers. I was like, I know you're never going to get numbers, but you know, have a, you know, have a little fun or whatever. But yeah, he was tired and he was like, no. I was like, okay, I got I got the angry Dana response. Not having it. Yeah. I'll tell you what's funny. Somebody on the chat was like, fire that reporter. I was like, fuck you. I'm not a reporter. I'm a videographer. <laughs> I'm just trying to ask questions here, man. <laughs> All right. Well, we move on to USC Fight Night 210. Funny. So since that, we've already had uh, a Dana White's Contender Series. Another five contracts were issued. And now, of course, we go straight from that to media day, man. These these uh, Dana White's Contender Series stretches get crazy. Uh, enjoy them, but they get, they get super busy. Uh, had media day today. We just wrapped that up. Corey Sanhagen versus Song Yudong in the main event. A big bantamweight fight, no question about it. It's hard to know exactly what's at stake here at bantamweight, just because there's so many damn good fights at bantamweight right now. It's one of the it's one of the divisions um, that I, I think is most exciting for sure. I mean, I think any hardcore does. There's just so much happening and so much quality talent. Um, a big fight here. Um, it's interesting, right? You got Corey Sanhagen who is coming off two losses. Um, but two very, very close losses, two very competitive losses. Um, took about a year off, said, look, I, I needed to take it off. He's such a cerebral fighter. You know, he's like, I need to go fix the things I knew I need to fix. I love what he's saying. He's like, now this is my real title run. Like, you know, I got up to the top and it was, you know, right there. But this is my real title run. Meanwhile, you got Song Yudong, who is still so damn young right now but has been fighting forever, is on a hell of a streak. I think he's one of those names that has kind of been floating uh, under the radar a little bit uh, just because there's so much talent at Bantamweight right now, and he's been a step behind. But here's his opportunity. He beats Corey Sanhagen. Now he's right there in the discussion with everything. As he said today, I think if I get uh, you know a finish of Corey Sanhagen, maybe I can fight for the title. If not – 
at worst, I'm two fights out. And I tend to agree with him on that. I think at worst, he's two fights out. And when you think about how young he is, um, you think about the fact that he's now speaking English in his interviews, which so fantastic. It helps. And listen, we'll, we always sit here and say, we're not trying to say, like, everybody in the world has to speak English. But let's be honest, it just helps your marketability if you yep. can speak some English. Um, man, this is a this is a big, big fight and a fight that, um, I, to me, I think could very much go either way. Yeah, the good one for the uh, Kung Fu Kid. The Kung Fu Kid, he's coming got the in new there. one. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if he was just teasing with that or if he actually is going to switch it up, but I thought that was kind of funny as opposed to Kung Fu Monkey. Um, man, uh, I'm I think this fight has every bit of the makings of being a fantastic fight. I, I, you know, I think after yes, last week's event, I could see where some people are maybe like, Oh, you know, is this, is this a main event that's really worth oh. dialing in and watching? But in terms of like guys that are making a good play for the division, this is another one of those ones where it's like the, the contender fights, like the guys are like vying to stay right there towards the top, or at least, you know, sort of stake their claim. And these are both two studs, man. I mean, Sanhagen, for all intents and purposes, was there. I mean, yep. he was at the title shot, you know. Um, Yadong's always kind of been um, right there below the belt just waiting. Oh, I knew, yeah. you, I knew you were going with that. You only <laughs> – I was like, what's he going to go? What's he going to say? As soon as he came out – never mind. I was going to say as soon as Yadong came out of your mouth. But I realized <laughs> I that went, said, no, no, no. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, but you're as right. As mature as we are, we're <laughs> definitely not. But, dude, when he started speaking English, I was like, wow. Uh, it's finally it finally happened. I was always so surprised because been a, he's been an alpha male for a long time. Right. And then I just knew that eventually it would have to, to take place. He's, he's always – no, not, not always. But in recent years, he's spoken more English behind the scenes. But I get yeah. that. It's like I speak a little bit of Spanish, but I wouldn't get on camera and speak it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would scare the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, same thing with him. I think, you know, he spoke enough that, like, he could communicate with but I think he was always scared to speak it behind the scenes. It clears a lot of hurdles. I mean, we've said that over and over again about these fighters that are so fantastic, so strong. I mean, like, Charles Oliveira, if he was able to just, just speak to everybody, oh. like, his stock would be so much levels higher above. than it already and is. It's, and it's people, high. It'd and it's super high above. right now, but it would be so much higher, and it's just that final piece. So for him to do that, I mean, it just shows a lot of effort and a lot of, you know, concerted effort to, like – grow his brand and remove any hurdles from him becoming a super superstar because when it comes to his style i mean he's got so much power he's he's tough as nails and he's only 24 years old that's insane it's so ridiculous i mean the, the kid can literally be fighting for the next 10 years well. and still be like okay where i'm at where am i at in 10 years you know i mean there's a lot of guys that are older than that that are still doing it well um i mean this i think this fight card i mean i i think the fight card for the most part is pretty darn good i mean a lot of it seems like it was slapped together sort of quickly well, some of it was you know but in terms of like getting to the main card man this is a good it's a good night of fight i, I agree I, I think i think we're set up for some entertainment uh, obviously, I know they mentioned on the broadcast last night. I think there's 13 contender series veterans, which is that's uh, crazy, which is unbelievable. Let's, I mean, if they they should, I mean, well, I guess they did say it last night, but that's the kind of thing they should really be proud about. I mean, I know we usually have been high on the contender series. I know when I do my staff picks, it's funny because I didn't it didn't really register. I guess because a lot of times I'll look and see because some of the ones on the main main card, I was like, okay, he's a contender guy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lean his way. And, you know, she's a contender. I'm gonna lean her way. Um, this particular card to have that many, if anybody knows how much we love the contender series, that right there should say how good the potential of this card be can fun. be. It should be a really, really fun night. Uh, let's let's uh, let's let's get your uh, what what was your pick in the main event and uh, 
Where does the, where does where are we standing on the season standings? I got uh, I got to know how the MMA road. I'd have to look, I'd to have keep, to look and see. I think I'm still up by four or five. I went I went uh, for the main card, um, even though this is sort of different than the 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 ones that we actually picked because I don't think they had all this uh, whatever. But um, well, so I picked like, Sandhagen. Yeah. Like we didn't have this many ones on our our staff picks. Right. I think we only had like maybe five or so but I went Stan Hagen I was so torn between Njokiwani and Rodriguez because I, I just love Gregory but man I really like Chidi I like the Njokiwani's as well but I went Njokiwani on this I went Algeo in oh, that I, one I didn't you didn't say you had to go through all the well let's oh, okay. okay well I just met your main card. Okay. I want to know where you were in your, in your, in your main but, okay. Sandhagen Sandhagen all right but, yeah let, so I'm so darn good man I, they're both good but man Sandhagen he's he's been in the most pressure-filled moments of that division. And I just think when it comes to who's been tested more and shown up, um, I just don't think Yadong's been tested as much as Sandhagen has. You know, I mean, still I young. It. I mean, as, I as you get older, you know, you, you start putting it in more things. You start experiencing I more. It. I heard it. All right. Yeah, I actually like Sandhagen here as well. Uh, but Song is always is, is very uh, impressive as Protect well. Protect your dog, uh, son. There's lots of years <laughs> to get more experience. Chidi and Jaquana and Gregory Rodriguez. That's damn near a pick em as well. Uh, it I, really I is. Love that fight. Chidi and Jaquana 2-0 in the UFC with two performance bonuses. Gregory I was so Rodriguez. Torn on that one. Man. I feel like, and, and, you know, it was interesting today. Chidi's like, look, and he said, look, I know where people think I used to not be good at. I'm, I'm good. He's like, if Gregory wants to take it to the ground, I'm comfortable there. He's yeah. like, if he wants to stand and bang, which I think Gregory does have a tendency to kind of do that sometimes, and maybe he's not best suited yeah. to do that, um, then I got something for him on the feet, which yeah. I definitely – I think if this is on the feet, I like Chidi's chances a lot yeah. there. I like what Chidi's saying about if it goes to the ground. I think if it goes to the ground, that does favor Rodriguez. Um Damn, it's a, it's it, that's a good fight as well. It really, really is. I mean, the thing too. I mean, like, it's one thing to think that you're a striker and and then have the freedom to go to what is your bread and butter. Not that you know Gregory isn't a great striker, but if Chidi hits you and really hurts him, you might try to say, "Oh man, I need to I need to switch into the grappling mode. I need to get into jujitsu." But if you're hurting, you're stung. He's a black belt as well. I, I, it's so funny. You almost kind of assume most guys at this level are black belts, but I didn't know that Chidi was a black belt right. as well. No, I don't think a lot of people do. So when they said that, I was like, dude, that's not a guy to mess around with. You know, I mean, like his his Muay Thai, his skills are sick, man. This what he's came out when he's came back to UFC is completely different than what we've seen him as of recently. He is a completely different fighter that now just really seems to believe in himself. And man, but. Gregory, man, especially everything he was saying today, man, how you can oh. not love this dude and just want to pull for him and his family. Yeah. You want every good thing to go his way. So for anybody that hasn't watched his media day interview, basically Gregory said, like, I, you know, I, I wanted to fight here um, because I'm about to have a kid and I'm going to take some time off after that. Um, and, you know, he's like, I don't even know when I'm going to come back because I, I don't know what it's going to be. But, I, 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 you know, I'm rapist. But then he went into talking about just the timing of everything and how, you know, revealed behind the scenes that, like, he and his wife had been trying been for trying. a long time. And it wasn't happening. And they had almost reached the part where, like, they thought they weren't going to. Um, and that then, was so heavy. Yeah. And then, you know, he finally, you know, she finally gets pregnant, you know, and it's like, the timing, because now I'm in the UFC and we're in a better place and making more money and all these, you know, and it was just, you know, God, God knew and he was just saying like, and, and 
you know, it's just crazy because then he was when he was like, "Oh, I want." Have, he's like, "She don't know, but I want like three or four. But then when he went on to then say how hard it, it had been, yeah. I was like, "I was like, I don't want to go back in there because I was going to say something." But I was like, "I don't want to make light of this huge, heavy thing that yeah. he said." But I mean, tough not to his faith and uh, and I mean, we've had lots of fighters that have super, super strong faith, and and it definitely guides them. But sometimes me, not being a very <laughs> religious person or at all, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. But his story, I was so moved and just appreciative of what he was able to take from it and his faith and how it's carried yeah. him. And he believes so much about what that's been able to do. I was just – I was so happy for him. I, I, it's funny because I'm not the most religious guy either, but I when I hear people with faith like that, like I just respect it. Like I think oh, about yeah. the, the peace that it brings. Because it rings true. Yeah. I mean like when he was saying – I mean there's sometimes – I feel like guys are – I don't know, this might sound wrong, just feels like they're shoving it down your throat because they're like, trust me, trust me, this means something to me. I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to yeah, tell yeah. you about it. And then there's difference when it's just emanating the love and the belief of somebody that when they're saying these words, it just emanates. And you're like, bro, I, I hear you and I feel your emotion and you're not force feeding it. Yep. You know, and there's something that was so just refreshing. But man, his joy. And then it was just like, fuck, I feel bad because in my head, I'm like, I pick against you. But now I'm like, <laughs> bro, I want you to win. I want you to win. It's a great fight, man. His story is amazing. And then look, and then there's two fights in this that have got me so torn that it just hurts to even think about. And one of them is the next one. Andre Feely versus Bill Algio. Yeah. Uh, first of all, just because I love both guys. Obviously, Bill algio has got the added CFFC. Yeah. Love there. Feely, we've known forever. We watched yeah. that dude grow up in front of us. <laughs> Uh, Algio gave you a solid line today where he was like, call me the supply chain because I'm a problem, <laughs> motherfucker, which I was just like cracking up, dude. Oh, when he said, call me the supply chain, I'm like, where's he going with I this? Did. I'm like, because things stop here or because I, I like numbers. Yeah, because inflation rises. Because I'm know really it, organized. It's so funny, man. I wasn't worried about <laughs> Meanwhile, you have Andre Feely, who Andre has become – Absolutely one of my absolute favorite interviews. Not only, honestly, just has been one of my favorite dudes forever, um, but has become one of my favorite interviews because I just feel like, A, he's so open and honest and relaxed and natural up there. Um, but also, you know, the, the kind of the wisdom and stuff that he shares as well. You know, yeah. he brought up the passing of Elias Theodoro, you know, and saying like, dude, that dude's only two years older than me and he's gone, you know, and, 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 and saying, and it's so true where, where it's like, you know, these things about, you know, you tomorrow's not guaranteed, yeah. you know, each, live each day like it's your life. And he's like, you know, all that stuff's a cliche, and it's like a motivational statement on a poster, and you just blow it off. He's like, but there's truth to that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? The reason it became a cliche, the reason it became a motivational poster is because it's true. We're not guaranteed anything. And as yeah. he said, like, I'm not trying to be morbid, but you could, you know, drive, be leaving the apex today and, and die. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just, I I don't know, I, I, I love what, what, what he brings. And so, I love their styles. Like so, yeah. so you take the men, and I love them both. You take their fighting style, and I think it's going to be a fight. You know, fight of the night type fight. Feely, a slight favorite, but basically a pick 'em. I mean, the way their styles come together, uh, dude, this is going to be a banger too, man. Yeah, I hate picking against guys that I really, really like, and that I'd love to just hang out because I feel like they would be so much fun. So I, you know, even picking Algio on this one. But I love Feely. I mean, like, I feel bad because, like you said, I feel like we watched this kid grow up, you know, in front of us. I just feel just with some of the size difference, I mean, even though if I look on paper, they're probably not big of a difference, but they just feel – Bill feels like a big featherweight. Um, 
and Andre, sometimes we've seen when those weight cuts have been rough, he's kind of came in there sort of depleted. But his last his last time's out, man, he's been great. But, man, I just love his confidence, his, his, his swagger. I love that he's a musician. I didn't know he was a musician. Right. I have a big affinity for musicians. Smooth jazz, as you pointed yeah. out. <laughs> I knew he would get a kick out of that one. Um, you know, I mean, he's got he's got a lot of things. A lot you could just tell the dude's talent. He's got a lot of you know frying pans that the guy's got going of different things that he could. If he really put one up, he could do well in another area. Um, but yeah, that was a tough one to to pick. Just in terms of uh, both guys are really talented, but like you said, that's probably a toss up. I didn't realize that Feely was the the favorite, but I can definitely see but it. I, looking on sta- looking on staff picks, it's razor thin. Most people were Feely, Feely, Feely. Really? Yeah, well, I think that. I was a little surprised. Discount Algio. That's bit. what I thought. Discount I was like, Algio I was like, wow, these guys are just sort of overlooking him, and he's not the kind of cat to overlook. Not at all. Next fight on the card: Joe Pfeiffer versus Alan Amadoski. Uh, listen, a, a good matchup here. Obviously, it's Pfeiffer's debut. Meanwhile, Alan Amadoski, zero and three at this point. But Alan Amadoski came in and was passionate about being like, man, I have battled through some stuff. You guys have not seen who I am. You have not seen. Who, who I am as a fighter, and, and I'm going to make sure that you do this time around. Uh, did it in, in, in good English as well, which is not his uh, primary language by any stretch. I believe it's the third language he speaks. Um, so, uh, you know, was able to share, um, you know, kind of – and it's tough, you know, because they're bringing in a guy to the media day because it was a late addition to the main card. They're bringing in a guy to the media day that's 0-3 in the UFC. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm sure, like, he, the last thing he wants to do is sit there and answer questions about why he's 0-3 in the UFC. But I thought he did it with dignity and respect and, and motivation as well. So shout-out to Alan Amadoski. But, of course, uh, Joe Pfeiffer, the big contender series story, got his contract uh, on this season of Dana White's contender series. And before the season is up, he's already making his debut. Um, and, and I thought – Maybe we should share a little uh, audio from him today because I thought he was fired up. He's kind of the man of the moment. This is a big opportunity for him. Uh, so this is uh, Joe Pfeiffer. Give us the feel right now, right? I mean, a uh, big moment. Got cameras following you around. I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty wild. Yeah. Um, it's a cool experience. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for this weekend. And uh, I'm super stoked, man. I'm, I'm living in the moment. So trying to shrink the moment, make it big on Saturday. And... Uh, yeah, I'm used. I'm kind of used to it. I don't know if that means anything, but I, yeah, I'm used to it. Uh, you know, I mean, just a couple of months ago, you weren't in the organization. You got Dana now talking about you, and I mean, just I guess, how wild is this ride for you? It's cool, man. Like I said, you know, I was a kid that came from nothing and uh, with no people that believed in me in the beginning, you know, and now I got a whole army of people that understand what I'm trying to do and uh, how much time I've really given and how serious I am. So uh, to be here, uh, it's a great opportunity. The way I got here was a great opportunity. So I'm just ready to rock, man. I'm hi- I'm hype. I say a lot of dumb shit, so I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. It's, it sounds, you know, you talk about the journey. Like, I guess it's difficult not to get caught up in all this stuff, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's all cool and stuff but it doesn't mean anything if you don't get in there and win on Saturday right so is it hard like not to kind of enjoy all this too much and focus on what's really the task at hand absolutely not I, see that's the thing I see it, it it does mean something whether I win or I lose regardless um especially for me you know what I mean this is this is gonna be my story whether I win or whether I lose and uh, I'm a big believer lately in what's meant to be is going to be and, and that is something I had to believe in because when I lost lost. I'm going to say it again. It's not a fucking loss. So when I lost my first contender series uh, fight, um, you know, I had to believe that I was going to get back here and I did. And I, and I think a lot of people didn't, you know, besides my close friends and whatnot. I don't really think many people out 
believed I was going to come back from that. I lost sponsorships. Um, you know, I, lo- I lost I, I lost myself a little bit, you know, with the doubt and, you know, doctors telling me I'm not going to throw the same with this arm and, you know, it sucked, man. But you know what? It shaped me. It gave me more character. It gave me a better story to come back and look at what I came back and did. And I don't even think I did anything that special. You know, I thought that was a flat performance because I was scared out of my fucking mind because I had no idea what was going on in my personal life. So, you know, um, I had a friendship that was falling apart, a house living situation that was falling apart, you know, drama and, and, and all these things that were distracting, man. So for me, I can win or lose, and this is still a win. I'm here. I have a name, uh, and I got to share my story and inspire a couple couple people, man. You know, this, this sport isn't forever. I'm going to love every ounce of this shit. Love it. Well said. Talk about the matchup you have here now, and, I mean, how much time have you spent breaking him down? What do you think about him as a fighter? Yeah, I mean, look, I respect the guy. Seeing him, I shook his hand. Um, you know, I don't have any ill will towards the guy, but, uh, you know, as, as an opponent, I think I'm better everywhere. I think I'm a better striker. Uh, I think I'm a better wrestler. I think I'm a better jujitsu practitioner. Um, I just, I think he's very sloppy. I think he's very powerful. I think he's explosive, but I think it's only for a certain time. And uh, look, man, on paper, I was supposed to, supposed to beat this kid, but he's lost three times. He's had his chance, and... Uh, I'm going to be the nail in the coffin, you know, come Saturday, I believe. I don't believe I'm going to beat him because I'm just supposed to beat him. I believe I'm going to beat him because I've put an ample amount of time into what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, obviously he's doing something wrong. So, uh, you know, I think he's a good opponent. He's fighting for his job, let's be honest. And, uh, you know, I hate to be that guy, but better him than me. And I'm going to go out there. I'm going to put his head through the floor. So um, I don't think he makes it outside of two rounds, guys. Last thing for me, what is the goal? I mean, obviously, last time you showed up here, the goal was to get into the UFC. Right now, as you're sitting there, is it, hey, let me just go get my first win and get my feet under me? Or is it like, let's go do something spectacular and tell Dana, you know, have Dana tell everybody to be me again? I mean, what's, what's the plan? Goals get 50K, dog. I'm broke. I need fucking money. So why do you think I'm turning around fighting so fast? You know what I mean? It's a good matchup. It's a good opponent. You know, he's tough. Um, and I respect him. I'm not overlooking him. You know what I mean? I ain't shit if I don't go out there and beat him. So, uh, you know, I'm going to go out there and whoop his ass. So, and, uh, yeah, to knock him the frick out and get paid 50 grand, dog. <laughs> Let's go. And then I'm going to take a little bit of time because I need to – I'm pretty skinny. So, I'm tired. I was in camp for so long, man. I look like a toothpick. It's awful. Hey, Joe. Um, I just wanted to know uh, your thought or how excited you are to, to share a card with uh, Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini is the nicest – meanest person you'll ever meet man Uh, i'm super excited man he's a veteran you know the guy's so accommodating like he's trying to ask me what i want to do for workouts and playing around me and it's like dude come on man you're the veteran you know three four and oh in the ufc the dude's a sweetheart um he's a tank on the ground man and i love i love being out here and being able to share it with him so um you know he's gonna do his thing i'm gonna let him do his thing and uh I think he's going to come out victorious, man. I think he's going to shock a lot of people with his his skills. So, um, super thankful. Thank you. Joe, thanks for taking the time. Um, you mentioned that quick turnaround. How was this camp? Was it kind of healthy to just run right back in here, or would you have wanted more time if given the chance to get your official debut going? Yeah, no, listen, I, I don't need no more time. I was in a 14-week camp for the last, the, the last fight. And uh, the reason I did that is because I was out for almost a year and seven months, year and eight months. I had two fights in two years, uh, one in December, and then there was a six-month gap in between when I fought Diaz. So I did a 14-week camp because I usually walk at like 215, 216. 
And, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that I didn't shock my body coming down into a weight cut. And now I'm good. I got, I shrunk, I got my size down. I got some fat off of me and, uh, you know, I, nothing really changed, man. I, I flew out to Texas, you know, because of Dana White and got to see the fights and stuff with Juliana Pena and Amanda. And, uh, that was really cool. But, um, yeah, that, that following week, I just got right back into training. We didn't go crazy. I'm already in shape. I'm already lean. And, uh, you know, I'm going to blow through this weight cut because I'm a professional. And, uh, you know, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This is fun for me. You know what I mean? I, I, I've, I've been beat up so bad by life, man. And I don't give a shit who's out here that doesn't believe it, you know, because I've had family members that have discredited me on my struggles. So... And I know they watch. You know, anybody that doesn't believe that I haven't gone through the ringer to be here right now, man, very, very, very foolish people. I've been through some shit, and it's a lot of it's, it's stuff that people have commonly gone through their entire lives. And uh, I'm just bringing light to my situation because I have a microphone in my hand. I have a position with the UFC to be able to express myself, my story, my feelings. And even if you guys don't like it, you know what I mean? I'm not a fake face. I'm dumb as shit as it is, just like I am who I am, you know what I mean? I, I'm a character, but I'm a character that's real. I'm not fake. There's not layers to me. And, uh, yeah, man, so this is all fun for me. And I, I know that wasn't, like, your question, but I just wanted to say that because it went back to John Morgan's question more or less about, like, taking this all in. Bro, I was never supposed to be here. Never supposed to be here. I'm here. Well, that's kind of awesome, though, because a lot of people can relate to you the underdog story, and even the quotes saying you're going to be the nail in the coffin, you're going to get body bags. I mean, that yeah. just fires on all cylinders. And it has to last for me and give you a little pep in your step that for your debut, main card, ESPN Plus, doesn't really get better than that. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, the reason I chose body bags because I used to get made fun of as a kid for having big-ass bags under my eyes. And that was my nickname growing all up, and I fucking hated it. So, you know, then I got a PS4. I was a junior, and it got given to me for free, and I was like, man, what really would go with Joe Pfeiffer, you know what I mean? So I was like, man, Jersey Joe. I was like, nah, because somebody already did that, and I had a lot of anger problems, man. I had a lot of anger problems growing up, so you know what I mean? I was, I was raised very dysfunctionally. I, I had to figure out a lot of feelings on my own. I always had to reach out to get help, you know, which is what you're supposed to do. So if anybody thinks that they're going out, I'm not going to do this whole fucking, like, inspirational shit. Anyway. I got the PS4, and I was like, Joe Body Bags Pfeiffer. And then uh, a buddy of mine, Matt Young, called me Taekwondo Joe. And I was like, man, that's kind of corny. And then I threw a kid a judo throw in a wrestling match, and they were like, man, you put that kid in a body bag, almost like from the Karate Kid. And I was like, man, Joe Body Bags Pfeiffer. I already got called bags. My PSN account is Body Bags with a Z. So I was like, shit. I was like, I want to hurt these motherfuckers in there. So, um, you know to address John Morgan's question about what the plan is for Saturday, I have a nickname of body bags because, look, I understand I can get knocked the fuck out too, but I'm going to go in there I'm going to try and put this dude's head through the floor. I don't go in there to play this point game shit. I'd rather, I'd rather be knocked out or submitted than be on a decision. That means I got dominated. That means I got my ass whooped. You know what I mean? Anybody can get caught. I'm going out there to, I don't want to say kill, but I'm going out there to hurt this motherfucker. So... I'll give him a couple of extra love taps, too. So, you know, I'm fighting for my life here. You know what I mean? I can dig it. Best of luck on Saturday. And thank, thank you, brother.
right, so there you go. It was Joe Piver, of course. Uh, again, I think, you know, one of the guys that Dana White's been pushing a little bit, of course, that uh, B. Joe Piver uh, speech, of course, was the way to kick off the season. Um, so that's kind of big. And, but uh, also, I mean, when you – when you shout out John Morgan twice, you know, referring back to my questions. I mean, I'm, I'm going to include your audio at that point. I'm, if you're referring back to my questions later on, I mean, I, I just got to give you a shout out there. But listen, big, big moment for him. I, I was thinking, it occurred to me today, and I know that he went into a, a long discussion of why Body Bags is the right nickname for him, and, yeah. and it does make total sense. From a marketing perspective, I would say change your nickname to B, just so that every time you get introduced, like, Bruce Buffer has to say, B, Joe Piper. You know what I mean? Just kind of relive that moment. I don't know. You got I something see there? You, I see what you're doing with that? I, I don't know. It just occurred to me in the moment. I'm like, I'm like that might be kind of cool. You just relive that speech. It's a stretch, but I get it. I get it. You know what I mean? Because then you'd almost have to like, like, like B, like a B? No, remember like when he made the – Dana had to do that speech yeah, and I guess, like B, Joe Piper. I guess if you didn't know, like you'd be like, what the – Yeah, you're like, dude, dude, you know. like Bumblebee? Like <laughs> – like, all right, keep body bags. Sweat B. Keep body bags. All right, you talked me out of it. Keep body bags. Tanner, but I, it does work, though. It does work, though. Tanner Bozer versus Rodrigo Nascimento. Uh, Tanner Bozer been out for over a year. He's back. Uh, had some great answers in terms of, you know, uh, I, I thought it was cool because he's like, I want to fight again before the end of the year. And I'm like, well, do you play it safe in there? He's like, hell no, you don't play it safe in there. You go out there ready to bang every time. Bozer doesn't look like is. a guy that says, that even knows no. those phrase, play no. it safe. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rodrigo Nascimento, um, I was worried because he didn't have a translator with him, but he spoke really good in his second language because I did want to ask him about the suspension, and I thought he handled that really well in yeah. terms of, you know, he was like, look, I, I, I take Ritalin. Uh, you know, there were some issues with the, the application of it and everything, how it got done. Do you, dog? Um, Do you? Yeah. It, it, so, <laughs> I, you know, he had a, a minor suspension from USADA, but, um, you know, I think it's nice when you can at least hear the story behind it, what happened. Uh, fluffy Anthony Fernandez, Mark Andre Barrio closes out the uh, – or starts, I should say, the main card. Here's the other one that kills me, bro. Why did we not see them today? Uh, it just wasn't part of the schedule. Okay. Like, I, think it was I didn't know if late. one of them had like a uh, – No, no. I think, in I think it got bumped up late. Like originally it was going to be a five-fight main card, and they got moved to six. So, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then here's the – There's the, way the, too many fights the on this final, card, by the way. The final, oh, it's, it's a busy <laughs> it's a busy one. Starts, at least it starts early. Uh Damon Jackson versus Pat Sabatini kills me as well, bro. Yeah. I got another two dudes that I love. Uh, Damon Jackson, of course, been around the game for a long time. That could have been on the main MMA card. Guy. Oh, absolutely. I can see where they may be tossed between the, the the matchup that we just had with Hernandez and the Barrio as for who was going to be the feature one and maybe. I mean, in that sense, they're both kind of featured. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know. Uh, Sabatini, of course, uh, his USC run has been incredible. Former CFSC champ. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, two of the nicest dudes you've ever met. But again – it's you know when I get really excited about it, it's not just because they're nice dudes, you know what I mean? And those are two guys that I that I'll just be honest, I cheer for because of them. But I think stylistically, it's a really good fight as well because Pat Sabatini is nasty on the ground, but Damon Jackson, no joke there either. Sabatini, a slight favorite in that matchup as well. So um, that one in the in the Feely Algeo fight, man, that was those those kill me. Um, but yeah. I, lo I love that fight. I think that's going to be a banger. Aspen Ladd versus Sarah McMahon on the prelims as well. Uh, a little bit surprising there considering their ranked yep. opponents. Yep. Um, but, you know, uh, maybe because of the stylistic matchup, you know, they're expecting to be a 15-minute fight, which that, – that, I could see that, yeah. They didn't want to make it the featured one because that could be a whole lot of just time on the ground. It absolutely deal. could. It yeah. absolutely could. Um, and the rest of it, look, I, I want to give out some more CFSC love early on. Nicholas Mata, Tony Gravely, they're both There's in there. a lot there. of CFSC. I mean, uh, 
Tom, it's, it's like CFFC. Well, I was going to say last CFFC week? versus uh, Contender Series, but half the Contender guys coming from the Bro, CFFC. Last week, I was so proud to see Johan Lainess and Elise Reed pick up wins, hard-fought wins there. Yeah. Uh, I, I know one that, that we're both looking forward to uh, that should be fun, Maria Agapova and Jillian Robertson is oh, on yeah. there as well. Uh, I like Loma Lukbunmi as well. I know she's got a tough one with another season six uh, contender yeah. series, Dennis Gons. But Lukbunmi, man, she's just like that pure tie striker. She's that so strong. She's just, just tough, just man. Tough as nails. Entertaining as all get out. So uh, listen, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a fun night. Like you said, it's a lot of fights. It does start early in the day. It doesn't have obviously. It, it always feels weird, especially the week after a pay-per-view, right? Because the pay-per-view is always big, ah, masses, ah, all this crazy. And then you come and you're like, ah, what? But when you really look at this card, look, and I'm not just, you know, I'm not just uh, shilling or homering. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do think there's going to be some really good matchups on yeah. here. So. It is, you're, but you're right, man. Gosh, it's just been like with with the Contender Series and with like last week's stuff, man. It's just a lot. And then I look at this stretch. card and I'm just like, oh my god. And, and dude, shout out it to can't you. get to next I, week. I'll just be honest. Like I had to make the decision that like Contender Series weigh-ins. I'm not doing this year just because Monday is really like the only day I can take off. Yeah. And so I just had to make the sacrifice. Like I'm not going. And so you've been doing that. So you're doing, you know, Monday at Palace Station, Tuesday at the Apex, Wednesday at the Apex, Friday at the Apex, Saturday at the Apex. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, it's uh, I, it's I, I know, I, I know. So <laughs> it's a trust me, we have the best job on earth, man. And the last thing we do is sit here and complain about when. You, but when you lay it out like that, it's like it, it is a little bit of a grind. A yeah, bit, and I have it's, noticed. I have noticed. Look, even around the Vegas crew, there's some attrition. Everything. Like, one week, uh, one person's not at this. The next week, like one person's not at that. The next week's like I think like I think it's, everybody it's along the way grind, has had to be man. like, dude, I, I need to take out and just give me one day. It's just peace of mind. I mean, like you said, I mean, grateful for the job. I mean, we, you, you, it's you work your ass off to get in the, into a position. The last thing you want to do then is bitch when you're there. But man, it is it's it's a grind, man. It just wears you down. It just wears you down and. Uh, just like you know, like us fighters do, you know, you train, and sometimes you just need some breaks. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there, it's funny because a lot of times, and and plus too, there's other promotions going on. Right, you right. know, like sometimes people are getting pulled off in one thing. Everybody's like, "Oh, you're gonna go work the Jake Paul. You're gonna go do this. You're gonna go do this." I'm like, "Bro, there's like a UFC event. Like, if I don't go to the UFC event in town to skip to go to something else, it's kind of hard to justify it." But that being said, I mean, it's just so much. You know, you have friends and people that want to come visit. And they're like, when are you – so when are you off? When What week? What week's good? And you're like, uh, contact me in 2025. I think <laughs> maybe there will be a day off or something. But, you know, I'm not complaining. But, nah. you know, it is it – is, there, is there are times these are one of the busier times. It'll yeah. still slow up. Contender Luckily, Series is almost over, too. It's almost but, over. I mean, once we, the I love the Contender Series. series. Oh, I, I do, too. It's just what yeah. what it adds to the week. But once that's over, it's better. But, like, next week will be nice because it's Contender Series, and then there's no UFC. There's a Bellator, but the Bellator is in Ireland. So, right. you know, it'll be during the day on Friday. Right. We're not going over to cover Which it. Which is so like a vacation week, next practically. Week, next week is basically a vacation yeah. week. <laughs> next week is basically a vacation week. By the way, you know what doesn't ever take a break, though? What's that? MMA Roadshow, yes, 390 true. consecutive weeks. Kokavi, that is seven and a half years without fail. That's crazy. Every single damn week. And by the way, and we've been. Th- by the way, there's never, and none of those include. Oh, we slipped in a best of episode. None of those are like, oh, we did a replay episode. No, 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 no. no. Seven and a half years straight of live content every single week. You know, I, 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 you know, sometimes I don't talk about it because I don't want to sit here and be like, well, we're just a broken record talking about it. But there is nobody with that kind of consistency. Ain't no one. Seven Dude, when it years. comes out, like, especially because, you know, I mean, I see no end in, in sight 
until we're right. like 115 years old because yep. I'm, of course, going to live that long. Yes. But, you know, when it, when it comes out, I, mean, I think later on, you know, there's been so much life that's happened while we've taped this. So much shit, yeah. so much stories, you know, that it's just like when I think about all the stuff that we are still able to go through and still do it. It's like we should get a fucking award for something. Like it's crazy. I mean, like that's true. It's it's nuts. I thought about it that way. I, when you start talking about it, I thought you were just talking about like it'll be weird to hear like old like events or something like that. No, no, no. You're talking no, about no like old real life, life stuff that we've all been. Like through. I've only told like a handful. I mean, you. I know you've seen it. Like there was that day when like Heather was like on her deathbed. I was editing the fucking show because I want. I didn't want to leave the hospital room. Right. Like. Uh, Luckily, when I got out of like surgery, we were able to go. Like, there's so much shit that I think yeah. down the line that that we're gonna able to look back and like, holy shit, we still did it all through like all this shit, it's rain crazy. or shine. I'm telling you, it's fucking nuts, man. Just call me the supply chain. <laughs> he should have been like, come in supply chain because I'm gonna drive a dump truck up that ass or something. <laughs> It would have hit harder, right? A dump truck in your ass would definitely hit harder. <laughs> There's a lot of funner ones he could have. I mean, but yeah, <laughs> that should be like a meme of bad ones. Like, like he put it out and say, "Hey guys, here's my opening line. I'm like a supply chain, and you fill in the rest." <laughs> Just come and supply I chain. I think I'm definitely, I think I'm definitely cutting out that last bit of audio and making it my ringtone. <laughs> For what I call, I want to I'm just gonna keep coming and coming. They're gonna want me to stop, but I'm gonna be in their face. Oh, the all-time classic, Bobby Green. Uh, Shout out to Bobby. God. All right, listen, man. Uh, I'm gonna head out to the kids' jujitsu tonight. Yes, right, nice. Always, always gotta enjoy that. These are the real life things that uh, yes. always are happening on a weekly basis as well. That add to everything. Uh, but honored to do this. By the way, we appreciate the sport. If you can take a second to uh, rate, review us, uh, you know, log in and do that. That helps us out. Always happy to read that feedback. And, of course, uh, it helps us out with all the uh, wonderful algorithms and all those things that help people find us. And, of course, if you want to take your game to the next level, we do appreciate Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Uh, I thought about doing some – like some of the interviews and stuff that I do, like maybe doing them in audio form over there. I've thought about doing stuff yeah. like that. So different, different, I, I do. Want to say, cause, but before I forget it, because I want to say welcome back, Jared Sorensen, who took some time uh, away from the family. Yes, he is sir. back in the fold. And also uh, give props to Adam Snowball. I tried to forward you this message. I'm not sure if you saw it. He said, I took your advice from last week, and I bet on the opposite of what Yanni the oh. Greeks was betting on. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I ended the night with a little profit. Oh, <laughs> poor Yanni, bro. Poor Yanni. Yanni guys, is- I'm just happy to Johnny is having a terrible year, and I feel so bad. I feel so bad because he's just getting torched, and and and, yeah. and 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 it's definitely not gone unnoticed on social media. It's funny. He used to smile, and his teeth were so crazy white that uh, it was like blinding. It's not as blinding. I wonder if he's been sad. He's been drinking a little. <laughs> I think I think the, the, the whiskey stain, the shine, the shine, keep off a little bit. Well, welcome back, Jared Sorensen, as well. We understand that people have to take little breaks from time to time, but anytime you can support us, we definitely help it out. So if anybody wants to join the community over there, we certainly would appreciate. It. Of course, you, you join us over there, your family, your family, family you, dog. Can, you can help direct the show. So anyway, all right, listen, uh, crazy weekend. Uh, we, it was weird as hell missing a pay per view event, especially here in Vegas. But uh, the show carries <laughs> Slacker. on. But I, I feel like I did the right you thing did for the my right kid, thing. and now I'm gonna go spend some more time on the kid on the jiu-jitsu mats uh so i'm gonna get to that we'll of course have the fights this weekend i'll have the and a half over at uh, patreon.com and uh, in the meantime we'll just tell everybody thanks for listening